Exodus chapter 21 and verse 31. Referring back to verses 28 through 30, it says, Whether he have gored and gored a son. Remember, it's talking about a, in verse 28 an ox that had never gored a person before but now has. And then verse 29, it says that if, if an ox were wont or had a tendency to push and to gore in time past. Now in verse 31, whether he have gored a son, the ox, uh, or have gored a daughter, according to this judgment shall it be done unto him. I'm going to be speaking just for a few moments this afternoon on the idea, the subject of personhood. 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 What is that? By definition, the capacities or attributes common to the definitions of a person, including human nature, self-awareness, and the possession, the possession of rights and duties or responsibilities, rights and responsibilities, personhood. So here we see it distinctly that, you know, whether a son or a daughter, it didn't say a, a husband or a wife, it says a son or a daughter. So the Bible is very clear from the beginning that men are men and that women are women. Now, that shouldn't be any kind of news to us, but it sounds like it's a foreign concept to a lot of people in the, we, in the day we live in. And that men and women do have different roles and responsibilities. That's also uh, from cover to cover. That's, that's seen in the book of Genesis. We see that the man was to have the head of household. And in the book of Revelation, you see to the letter of the church of Thyatira that men had left a vacancy of leadership and women had begun what they called leading and it was not a pleasant thing unto the Lord. So different roles and responsibilities, but persons nonetheless, personhood. Adam was to lead in his home and Eve was to be supportive and diligent in that very thing and, and being a help to him and being a, a compliment in Ephesians chapter 5, husbands are to be loving and self-sacrificial. Wives are to be loving and adoringly submissive. And that's not a doormat. That is in their role of personhood. The message is not about gender identity or gender role, but it does not contradict it. So we have to understand even in the places of men and women and biblically in society that both are persons and not no one is less of a person than another and no one is more of a person than another right because all people have a capacity and attribute of being a person to having the nature of personhood to have an awareness of that personhood and have rights and duties in that perspective place okay so in personhood, there are distinct sexes, personhood. You see there in the text, whether he have gored a son or have gored a daughter, male and female. You see, this world, this society that we live in, there may be what you call gender identity crises, but God does not have a gender identity crisis. He does not, it's not he's not unaware of gender. You see, in chapter 21 and verse 1, now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. That is God speaking to Moses, telling the children of Israel what they are to hear. So God, being the, the, the creator of the genders, male and female, 
told them that in male and female, that in the, in the subjects of personhood, that both male and female would be treated equally under the law. Did you see that? Personhood. Israel, like every other nation, there were two kinds of people. Boys and girls. There's two kinds of people in this room. Male and female. Boys and girls. My young one back there, the six-year-old, she's not confused about what a male and a female is, even in her understanding of gender and gender identity. She's not confused about this. God is not confused. You'd think this wouldn't be an issue, but in our world apparently it is. Look back, if you would, please, in personhood, in personhood to Genesis chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17. Please read along with me here. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So in personhood, men have a responsibility that flows from those three verses. Man is given a headship or leadership role and he's given that by the Lord. Okay? Adam didn't set himself in a leadership role. God gave him that leadership role. Man is placed in this role by the Lord. Who put man in the garden? Verse 15, again, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden. It was God that placed Adam in his role. Man is given responsibility in this role by the Lord to tend it and to keep it. He is given commandment in this role by the Lord. And that's not just Adam. That's every man, every male in personhood. Man is given these things by the Lord. Man is given enjoyment of obedience by this role in the Lord. Look at what he says. To dress it and to keep it of every tree of the garden, they may, thou mayest eat freely. There was enjoyment for Adam in trusting the Lord and doing what he says. God gave man enjoyment in obedience in the role that God put him in. Man is given restriction in his role. God says, don't eat. In verse 17, there are restrictions. Man, therefore, in his role of personhood, is restricted by God. Restricted. Do this, don't do that. There are restrictions in that role. And also man is given consequences of disobedience in his role by the Lord. In the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So in these things, in the, in the idea of personhood, yes, you can see that Adam, in the singular, but also every male has a human nature, has a self-awareness, and has a possession of rights and duties as outlined by God Almighty. You also see in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24, similar outline for the woman. Look, begin reading in verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an help meet, or a help that is his, his completeness, that is his help or his complement. I will help a help that is meet. For him, or suitable for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and of every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. 
And Adam gave the name, gave names to all cattle and to all fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet or suitable for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken from the, out of man. She was taken out of man. Now, in verse 24, this is Moses, the writer. This is, this is Moses, the writer, speaking here. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and not, and they were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So here in this brief outline, you also see the personhood, general outline of woman. The Lord formed her to complete or make Things good. Things were not good for the man uh, when the woman was not there. So that sounds uh, like an awful place or an awful thing, a, a, a sorry station if you listen to what the world has to say, but it's a very beautiful thing. You can see the frailty of man even in his innocence. That man, it was not good for man to be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. So she was made and made to be a good thing for him, not a bad thing, but a good thing, a completion there of Adam. It was not good that he was alone. With her being present, it was then to be a good thing, a wonderful thing, a needed thing. It's a terrible place when men fall into such a category that they don't perceive that they need their wives or they don't need their companionship that God has given. Needed. She was taken from his rib. What do ribs do? Everybody take a fist. On, you take your left fist and strike the left part of your, right here, where your heart is. Okay. What does the rib do? Well, it just protected both your heart and your breath. What did James say about breath? Look over in the book of James, if you would, please. In the book of James. We know what heart, the heart does. It pumps blood, right? In James chapter 2 and verse 26, For as the body without the spirit or breath is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So in a literal and practical sense of health, if you don't have those ribs right there to be a protection... You don't have breath and you don't have life. Okay? Likewise, that heart literally pumping blood throughout the body, but also figuratively that inner man. She, taken from his rib, was to be a protector of his heart and of his breath or his being. Women, you, it might be said out of the word of God that you have the higher charge and that man, his duty, his whole duty is to, is to submit under, the, under God, but your duty is to be supportive of that man and protect his heart, protect his breath. She was taken from his side, which, uh, from his rib, which is a side, so that her role, she would be a help or a complement. Okay? So 
she wasn't taken from his head that he that she would control him neither was she taken from his foot that she would be walked on by him but his rib to be a supportive and a side help that was meet truly one flesh and that's what it says in the text there in Genesis chapter 2 that the two would be one flesh to cleave unto one another just as much as your body in the singular everything in it is supportive to the body so then in personhood male and female would be uh, so complementing one another one leading the other submitting but both love and working together in personhood that it would be a beautiful sight a beautiful sight as much as adam was placed in the garden eve was placed unto the man look again in, in genesis chapter 2 we read that that god had placed Adam in the garden in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 22 and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto the man so just as much as the man in his person his personhood was placed in the garden the woman in her personhood was brought unto the man and the two together would glorify God in their being as you could read in chapter 1 and verse 26 and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness let us let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all creep all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth so God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him male and female created he them a beautiful sight of personhood both male and female in their roles yet each having the 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 image of god nature from the beginning after sin came then that fallen human nature they're both uh, having a self-awareness after they ate that fruit didn't they have an awareness their eyes were opened unto sin and having the possessions and rights the duties and responsibilities both male and female though female you read in genesis chapter 3 that because of the fall she would bear children because of the fall she would desire to have the headship over her husband yet she was to be submissive is to be submissive in caring for him and encouraging him to serve the lord the man because of the fall now rather than working in the beautiful day that god had given now out of thorns and out of thistles man would toil by the sweat of his brow in both these roles they are still both people male and female and have equal importance importance of personhood if you read genesis chapter 2 which person was more important you can't say you can't say it and you can read in the new testament that no man can be born without a woman and no woman can be born without a man so interdependent interdependent male and female in their personhood they're still of equal importance of god or unto god that is it was not good for man to be alone so for a man to say that he is more important than the female well he was not good by himself and for the woman to say that she is better than the man she would be actually playing out there the the the, the role of the curse there desiring to oversee her husband no but both have their role and both are equal 
according to personhood as they are created. The death or injury, you can see back in our text. Go back to the text in Exodus chapter 31. Now bring all that to Exodus chapter 31 when, when Moses wrote by the but as God had told him, whether you have gored a son or gored a daughter, the children of Israel knew the difference between male and female. And they knew that God in Genesis chapter 2, or excuse me, chapter 1, male and female, he created them. In his image created he them. So they knew those things. In both of these roles, they are still both people and have equal importance of personhood. Whether he have gored a son or gored a daughter, according to this judgment that should be done unto him. It doesn't matter if it's a male or female. Both people and both, uh, both, both male and, and female under personhood, the, the law would be judged just the same. The death or injury of either would be counted as the same. The ox in bringing the case or the owner in his negligence in each case would be equally guilty whether it was male or female. Do we treat male and female equally under the law? That's a question. Do we treat male and female equally under the law? We should. You know, ugly old men get speeding tickets a whole lot easier than pretty young women. Don't they? Yeah. Young teenage boys really get tickets. So be careful. But... We shouldn't, we shouldn't let one off easy because they are male or female. You see, if you go back and look and think about what's being said in verses 28 through 30, it says, if a man gore a man or a woman, sure that they die. But what if a man gore a son? Well, they, he, he's my progeny. He's, he's, my, he's my expectation. He's my heir. Oh, it's just one of my daughters. I've got five of them. You know, no big deal. Is that how all the children of Israel are supposed to think about these things? No. They were not to let someone off easy because the victim of such a crime or any crime were male or female. Doesn't matter. Now the roles matter, and again, this does not contradict uh, uh, the, 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 the role of male or female, but both male and female are equally people, and sometimes people forget that. You don't hold back a heavy penalty because someone is a male or female, or you don't exercise a heavier penalty because one is a male or a female. That case that I was part of last year, there were people that were thinking that the, that the uh, perpetrator should have been given a lighter sentence because she was a female, but still was an accomplice to a rape and a murder. Should male or female have any kind of bearing on verdict? Not according to this. Whether he have gored a man or gored a daughter, according to this judgment, shall it be done unto him. So children of God, be very careful. Yes, in all wise judgment, in just judgment, see, the, see someone in their personhood. You see, no light sentences for male or female because they're male or female and no heavy sentences because one is male or female, but both receiving 
equal protections under the law. And that's that's really where this is going, personhood. Men and women having equal protections of law. No one is more of a person in this text. No one is more of a person than the other. He says a son or a daughter. He didn't say the son of Zebulun, but not the, not the son of a Levite. This goes to all the tribes, doesn't it? To all the tribes. Some people give greater honor unto men as people. And by gender role, that could be the case, you see. But it's a mistake to think that females are lesser people. That's a mistake. Because in the image of God, he created them. So women are also created in the image of God. So to mistake gender role and responsibility for a for a separation or some kind of change in personhood that's a misapplication of what God said in our home I am the leader of the home and my wife is to be submissive unto me as I lead in the Lord in the home but she is not a lesser person than I am my son is not a, more of a person than either one of my daughters. They're, they're all three people, you see. But how quickly we can forget that. Look at this. It's a mistake to think that, that females are lesser people or that males are greater people in their personhood. Just because they have a different a different set of rights and duties or responsibilities doesn't mean that they're less of people or more of people. Look at this. The harm to one or the other would be judged to the judged the same. Whether he have gored a son or have gored a daughter, according to this judgment shall it be done unto him. No matter who was hurt by the ox, the ox would be treated the same in verse 28. They'd stone the thing. On verse 29, whether it was a son or a daughter, that, that negligent owner that did not keep the ox in would also, uh, he would, the ox would be stoned and the owner also be put to death. didn't matter if it was a, a boy or a girl because they're both people, right? That's so easy for us to understand, but how hard is that to apply? It really is. It's hard to apply. Going either would bring death to the ox and would bring the wages of sin, which is death. Even and especially in an isolated circumstance. Oh, they didn't mean it. Oh, it's just the boy. Oh, it's just the girl. You know what's important there? Because we, we, sometimes we forget about our humanity when we read this stuff. When you're talking about boys and girls, has anybody ever crawled over a fence and done something they weren't supposed to do? And I'll just leave it in general like that besides me. Adam, you've never done that? Going over a fence and done something you're not supposed to? In general. In general. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. And by the graces of God, I stand here before you today with arms and legs and fingers and toes. But that doesn't matter. It's not important to the... Well, that, that boy, he shouldn't have been in there with that pen of that ox. He, he got what's coming to him. That girl, she shouldn't have jumped in there. Don't she know? She's, she's a girl and she shouldn't jump in there and do those things. Whether he have gored a son or a gored a daughter, according to the judgment, shall it be done unto him. 
There's grace in there. There's mercy. God Almighty in this holy writ is saying that we're all just people. But people nonetheless, and all of us equally as people, and are in the beginning equally formed in the image of God. Yes, fallen and depraved now. But even after the fall, remember after the disembarkment from the ark, God told Noah, whoever sheds man's blood shall be guilty of man's blood because he has killed the image of God. Jesus Christ himself, when asking about the tribute money, whose image is on it, will render under Caesar what Caesar has had his image on it, give Caesar his money, that which, had the, that which is uh, God's given unto God, man bearing God's image. Equal under personhood, equal under the law. And only the gracious ransom of Jesus Christ can bring life as it was laid upon him. You look at that. We are wont to push, and I am wont to push also equally under the law. I'm wont to push men, and I'm wont to push women. I'm wont to push and gore uh, 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 boys, and I, or sons rather, and I'm wont and, and off to push or to, to gore you know, we're just we're just a horrible human beings. So here in verse 30, if there be laid on him a sum of money, then shall give then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Jesus Christ alone can bring life according to his ransom as it was laid upon him. But think about what we're saying in verse 30, what is being said in verse 31, whether he gore a son or gore a daughter, according to this judgment, shall it be done unto him. You and I have gored sons in our lives. We've, we've sinned against sons, males. And you and I have gored or sinned against daughters. And it's my sins against a son are not greater because it's a son than my sins against the, a daughter. See, when the Lord says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself... When I sin against God, I'm also sinning against my neighbor. And when I sin against my neighbor, I'm also sinning against God. Is my is my, is a son or a daughter a greater neighbor to me? Well, under this, having equal protection under the law, it's just as great a thing to sin against a male as it is a female. And it's just a greater sin to sin against a female as it is a male. Personhood. To say that a woman is a lesser creature would be to say that to gore her or to sin against her or sin against God by her is a lesser sin. Is anybody here prepared to say that? I'm not. What does the Bible say? It says whether a son or a daughter according to this judgment. That's right. So equal rights and protections under the law of God. Isn't that wonderful? You know, the, it's the natural tendency of men to sin against God. So this verse 31 is, it lies against the natural tendency of man. man. Men want to prefer one another. Men want to oppress one another for one reason or the other. Men and women having uh, differences of role, it would be super easy for the sinfulness of man to to lay subject to a different role and say, my role is better than yours, you are a lesser person. But this word of God, this verse, contradicts that line of thinking. Both the male and female, in their roles and in their responsibilities under God, have equal rights of personhood according to the law of God. 
They have equal need for salvation as both men and women sin against men and women. And they have equal need. In their equal need, they also have equal remedy of sin. And it must be the ransom of Jesus Christ unto life. You see, in the ransom Christ paid, was the penalty lighter because you sin against a boy or because you sin against a girl? When Christ died for my sins, were they categorized by greater sins or lesser sins, whether they were against a son or a daughter? Of course not. Of course not. So then, whether sinning against God and sinning against our neighbor, whether male or female, the result is the same, that the needed sacrifice and ransom of Jesus Christ and his finished work, his death, burial, and resurrection, the shedding of his blood, that is the ransom of life that was laid on him. Again, there are so many people that perceive that there are not equalities of personhood. And God Almighty, while he did create male and female in their different roles, to clarify yet again, he did create, create them equal as persons. Does that make sense? I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. I really do. Children of God, we should be settled on these things. We should be settled on these things. I mean, to apply these things further, I'm because y'all have had me as your pastor, I'm not more of a person than y'all are. I'm not more of a church member than y'all are. We have our roles, but I'm not, I'm not more of anything than y'all. Boys are boys. Girls are girls. And whether he have gored a son or have gored a daughter, according to this judgment, shall it be done unto him. We can also have that in our understanding that in the mind of God, that my sins are not greater or lesser because of who or what I am. But sin is sin. And whether I am a son or whether you are a daughter or whatever the case the judgment, according to the judgment, it shall be done unto the, unto the sons of Adam. Meaning, sin, the wages of sin is death. And whether male or female, by, 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 by sin, death passed upon all men. And death is required, and only by the ransom of Jesus Christ can any have life. Male or female. In our personhood, there is only one relief, and that relief is the ransom work of Jesus Christ, his purchase, the purchase by his own blood according to his gospel. So for a human being, for me, sinning against one, a son or a daughter, is just as bad in the eyes of God as sinning against the other, a son or a daughter. Hurting one is just as bad as the other. You know, her, saying that it's okay for me to hurt my son, but no, I wouldn't say that to my daughter. Well, that's me sinning against God and sinning against them. The Lord sees the damage to one, male or female, just as bad as the other, male or female. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered for the offense of me not loving my neighbor just as much for one as the other, male and female. According to this judgment shall it be done unto him, whether a son or a daughter. Amen. 
the ransom of life was just as grievous. Again, if I behave one way toward a son and I behave in that same way toward a daughter and both are sinful, both that way that I'm behaving is sinful, then God, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, didn't get to take a few seconds off from his labor at Calvary because it was done to a male or a female because it was a lesser thing. That's ridiculous. No, but sin. Being sin, according to the judgment of God, and sinning against God and against my neighbor, whether male or female, it was just as grievous to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the ransom of life, in verse 30, he, then he shall give for the ransom of his life. The ransom of my life was just as grievous upon the Lord Jesus Christ for my sin, whether I sinned against a son or I sinned against a daughter. Personhood. Children of God, we should really, really understand the idea of personhood. And yes, I cannot, I cannot say enough that the Lord from the very beginning created gender, roles, responsibilities, duties, male and female. They're not the same, they're different. And if you don't know otherwise, well, just wait a second and you'll know. But even in those differences by the creation, they were both created as persons, equal persons, in that they both had a nature, an awareness, and possession of rights and responsibilities or duties. And we should be treated as the same. Thank God. Thank God that just as much as it is equally offensive to sin or to gore or to press that or offend a son or a daughter, that Jesus Christ, having that ransom of life placed upon him, that he did so willingly and lovingly and graciously and mercifully pay that ransom in full. Shame on me and my neglect, my neglect, when I consider a son greater than a daughter or when I consider a daughter greater than a son. No. Sin is sin. The wages of sin is death. Thank God for the ransom of life in Jesus Christ. Sinner people like to justify their sins. They really do. Well, that person had it coming. This person had it coming. That boy had it coming. That, that girl had it coming. Oh, it's just the son. Oh, it's just the daughter. In the text, both the goring, both goring of the male and female brought the penalty, and it didn't matter who the injured or the dead was. If he gored a son or gored a daughter, now notice in verse 31, it doesn't say gored him to death. He just said gored him. So injury. The injury and the result of that injury is just as grievous. Trust me when I say you have, you have gored, you have sinned. And your sin is worthy of death. And you have both sinned against male and female against your neighbor. But the greater is sinning against God. You have sinned against God. You have gored your fellow man. And in that, in the text, that ox deserved to die. The wages of sin is death. And you have, listen, unsuccessfully, you have unsuccessfully gored at the Lord. Think about what the Lord said to Paul. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You are kicking against the pricks. You are goring at your maker. 
You know, sometimes just yesterday when Sister Debbie came over, um, she well, she was before we went over to the roadside here. She was getting some food to take it to her house, and I opened that door, and man, Stella, she came over showing teeth. She was gonna she was gonna try to eat Deb, Sister Debbie's leg off. And then she saw it was me and her. She tugged down and she crawled and, and me, you know, went around the way. May it be you see who you've shown your teeth to. You can growl and snip and buck and gore and rant and kick dirt up all you want. May God reveal unto you that you have gored at the Lord. You know what happened? We just read that this morning. What happened when... Those in Acts chapter 2 realized that they had gored at the Lord. They were in a full-blown panic. Might have even been in a flop sweat. I don't know. They knew they deserved to die because they had laid hands, wicked hands on both Lord and Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see yourself as that one that has gored both your neighbor and the Lord, the owner and possessor of all things. There's exactly one ransom of life. He shall give for the ransom of life whatsoever is laid upon him. And I want you to know this with all certainty, that you can't pay whatsoever is laid upon you for the ransom of your life. The Lord Jesus Christ asked the question, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whatever that answer is, you ain't got it. Though you have all the world, all creation, everything, 13, they say it's 13 billion light years or so. I have no idea. Whatever the creation is, if you owned it all, in exchange for your soul, it wouldn't be enough. That ransom of everything would not be enough. There is only ransom of life in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's exactly one ransom for life. The precious blood according to his gospel. Not someone turning over a leaf and not someone paying tithes or, or, or whatever, showing up so many times. I knew a kid in grade school, he said that he only had to show up to church a few more times before he would be baptized. Like it was some kind of, you know, fill in the box and so many deals and you get a membership kind of a thing. Subway used to have a deal if you bought so many sandwiches, they'd punch your card and you get a free sandwich. That's not how salvation works. The ransom of life, the exchange, the ransom of life laid on Jesus Christ by substitution. I should have died, Christ died instead. Ransom of life. May the Lord reveal unto you in this passage how that you were that animal that is want to push. And has testified unto God Almighty and He knows. Does that bother you in the slightest? Like I said before, even that dumb dog, when he saw his owner, when she saw her owner, she knew better. May God give you grace to see your great need of salvation, your great need of ransom. Whether And in personhood, does it matter whose son or whose daughter you are? In personhood, according to this judgment shall it be done unto him. Revelation chapter 20. 
And verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Personhood. It doesn't say I saw the small and great men stand before God. And it doesn't say I saw the dead, small and great women stand before God. Personhood. Individuals. All those outside of Christ. All to be judged. Small and great. There'll be a lot of teetotalers there, those that have never touched a drop of alcohol. There'll be a a fair amount of virgins. There'll be a fair amount of people who never smoked a cigarette in their entire life. There'll be a lot of religiously unsaved people there. Every one of them judged according to this judgment shall it be done unto them. The guilty put to death. Accept a ransom of life in the person of Jesus Christ. His gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection laid upon him. Sinner, I'd encourage you to repent. In personhood, again, male or female, same command. Male or female, repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.